Welcome to another edition of the Fitness for All podcast. And today we have Paul Dooland on the line. Uh, thanks very much for being on the podcast, Paul. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I uh, really want to get into uh, your journey of uh, being a, a mental performance coach and exactly what that is. So do you mind uh, maybe talking a little bit about that to begin with? Yeah, um, so mental performance is kind of a funny way to describe it. It's not, not my favorite word for it, but it's the one people use. So I kind of go with it. Um, but really, uh, performance, uh, when it comes to an athletic performance, which is, I think, what we're really going after here, I, I work with golfers. I work with professional golfers, um, as well as, you know, highly ranked amateurs and college players and really good juniors. Um, most of the time when someone has a really elite performance for themselves, um, they'll describe that they were, the, the way they felt, they were pretty calm. Um, there wasn't much mental activity. They weren't thinking a lot. They weren't thinking positive. They weren't thinking negative. They were just doing their thing. They, they, were, they, they were playing in, in, in the case of a golfer, they were playing golf. So as I describe it uh, to most people, um, to, to give the story about what I do is if I put a two by four on the ground and said, walk along it, uh, most people could do that pretty easily. But if you take the same piece of wood and put it 50 feet in the air uh, and ask a person to walk on that, it's a very different experience that they would have. So on the ground, their, their system is in a certain condition or what I call state. There's a state their system is in um, mentally, uh, physically, and emotionally. In the air, it's a different state. The way we feel is going to be different. Some of the thoughts that might occur would be different. And some of our physical movements might be different. There might be shakiness and physically, you'd be more careful in taking steps than you would on the ground. So a mental performance coach, in, in my case, um, is to help people become, uh, basically get into the state that they get in on the ground when they're 50 feet in the air. So for professional golfers, if you've got a short putt for a win, um, those are easy putts, quote unquote, uh, when you practice, but it's a completely different experience when you're playing. And to put yourself in a place where you can execute the way you would in a casual environment um, on, on, in a tournament. And this would apply to people, you know, giving speeches or going into a job interview or going into an experience or, or a, an environment that's new and uncomfortable for them. And especially if you're going to um, an environment that is a bit uncomfortable, um, what can you can control and what can't we control um, either as an athlete or just as a, um, you know, a person doing, um, you know, a nine to five job? What is it that we can and can't control? So as it relates to any skill, um, it, let's take handwriting as an example. If, if, Anybody listening to this, grab a piece of paper and a pen and write your name. So if you want to pause this and, and grab the piece of paper, then continue. That's probably the good idea. So grab a piece of paper and write your name just the way you always would. And then duplicate it so that it's like, write it again, but duplicate it this time. So it's exactly a carbon copy of what you just did. You, you'll be there for years. You cannot, the, the human nervous system is not designed to duplicate movement. Um, 
we we do, however, have the ability to tighten up the consistency in our writing. So when we're, ki- we're, we're children and we learn how to write, the letters are all very different from each other. You know, one A doesn't look anything like the other A or B or C. But as we practice, there's more consistency. We reduce the variability between those letters. But we never eliminate variability. In a, in a, in a sport like, or a game like golf, um, people are thinking they want to perfect their swing and that's just impossible. So you do, actually don't control the actual execution of skills. So whether it's hockey, basketball, tennis, golf, whatever it is, you don't actually control the execution, but you do control the preparation. And what, what has become very apparent to me is that when people prepare in a precise and consistent manner for a game, for a shot during a round of golf, um, for, you know, whatever sport or pursuit, for a speech, for an interview, when you prepare properly, you do everything you can, you rehearse, you practice, what you'll find is that you will invite the highest level of consistency or the lowest level of variance that you can with whatever it is that you're, you're actually doing. Now, as it pertains to uh, the golfers uh, that you help and help perform uh, better, um, what difference, if any, do you approach a person that has, say, uh, a string of bad games or tournaments compared to a person that's had a string of uh, good or great games or tournaments? Uh, first and foremost, golf is a physical game, uh, as is any sport. So if... So going back to the to the walking metaphor on a piece of on a on a piece of wood, um, if you don't have the the skill to walk down very well, then you're not going to be able to walk whether it's on the ground or in the in the sky. So first and foremost, we have to make sure that the physical skills have been, um, you know, properly practiced and and repped out in a way that there's some consistency when they're practicing. And if they can do it consistently when they practice, but they can't do it consistently in a in a performance environment then it's then it's a quote unquote mental thing that's that's on my side of things so it, you can have you know you can be a, in the case of the two by four if you can't walk very well because you just haven't exercised or you know walked very much like a, a young child um you can you can have them as calm as you want 50 feet in the air they're they, if they can't walk properly then they're not going to be able to go across that piece of wood so the skill has to be there first. That's always the first thing. You can have all of the, the right mindset and attitude you want and be as you know, calm as, as anything. If you don't have the skill, you're not going to perform. And as far as skills go, uh, are there certain skills that uh, for most of your athletes that you concentrate on more, more than others? Or um, are they all on kind of the same level playing field? Uh, in, in my, in my, in my area of work, there are certain fundamentals, just like there is in every, you know, in every sport in golf, there's fundamentals such as, you know, how you grip the club, how you stand, where your ball position is, whether or not you align to the target. Those are what it's called fundamentals in, in golf instruction. Uh, in, in my area, there are certain fundamentals that have to be in place. Um, one of the biggest ones that I, find that I'm almost consistently working on with people who aren't performing to their capability is the ability to um, control where their attention is. So the ability, you could call it focus, you could call it concentration, 
the ability to put your awareness or your attention on what you want it on uh, for the for the period of time while you're executing what you're doing. Uh, I find quite often that if someone, you know, in a golf tournament is thinking too much about the outcome of their shot, which which we don't control. We don't control where the ball goes in golf. We don't control our swing even, just like we don't write, we don't control writing our name. But we do control whether or not we prepare properly. And holding yourself accountable to being properly prepared for a shot, collecting information, rehearsing your swing, whatever it may be that people do. When when preparation is is the best it can be, then you're going to get the best out of the skill you have in that case. So I call that access to skill. So for most people walking on the, on the ground on a two by four, they have full access to their walking skills, 50 feet up. They lose a considerable amount of access to their skills if they're scared. So same in golf. Uh, now, if you focus on what you control, such as, you know, I control preparing, I control checking the wind, I control visualizing my shot. Uh, all, all of those types of things that a golfer would do. I don't know how many golfers are going to be on this, this podcast, but uh, if you don't play golf, then uh, you can probably imagine what this is for whatever, you know, s- sport or, or activity you're engaged in as a, as a listener. Um, you, you can only control the preparatory steps, getting yourself ready to do it. Uh, whether or not the shot goes where you want, that's, that's going to be more up to how consistently you've worked on uh, the skill and how consistent you've been in your practice. That's, that's a huge piece. Practice is, is such an enormous part of performance. Um, Cause even, even the best people mentally are going to have some type of emotional reaction to a situation if it's a big deal. But when you're, when your skill is well developed because of consistent repetition, when you practice and the way you practice the mindset you practice in, your skill doesn't break down nearly as easy when you've put in the right number and the right quality of repetitions. Um, so with golfers, the problem comes when they start tinkering or they don't practice enough and then they think it's a mental problem. Quite often, you just haven't done the work. Now, going along with the uh, emotional uh, part or being able to concentrate more so, um, from what research I've done, you are a big proponent of meditation. Uh, can you let the listeners know why that you are uh, a big proponent of meditation? Yeah, there's, there's several different types of benefits. Um, one of the best ones is uh, with certain, there's different types of meditation. Uh, meditation is sort of a generic term. Um, but the, the type of meditation that I, I'm a big proponent of is, is a very simple one where you hold your attention on um, a certain aspect of your, let's say you're feeling your breathing in your body. So if you close your eyes and put your experience on feeling yourself breathe, most people will be able to do that for a certain amount of time, but then their attention will drift off into something in their environment or a certain thought that their attention will, will drift to. Um, so number one, developing the ability to hold your attention where you want it for extended periods of time is, is, is just like a, building a muscle in fitness. You have, to, um, you have to challenge that muscle. So holding your attention in one place for extended periods of time it's kind of like holding, let's say, a 10-pound dumbbell uh, in your hand and putting your arm, you know, parallel to the floor, 
holding it for a certain amount of time, it'll, it'll start to shake and, and it'll fail. But then if you continue to do that, I think that's ice, called isometric exercise. I don't know the term for that, but um, if, you, if you do that, then you know, eventually your ability to hold that, that weight will extend. And these days, with people's attention, ability to control their attention is, is diminishing rapidly with, with all the advancements in technology. People can't really, you know, especially younger kids that are, you know, sort of addicted to their, their social media, having a hard time keeping their attention on any one thing for a long period of time. So that, to me, that's the skill of all skills. And it is a skill. Anybody can get better at it. You have to practice it. And it's not an enjoyable practice for a lot of people. Uh, they're not used to that sort of thing. It's just like someone starting a fitness program. It's like, man, this is hard. I don't like this. It's not what I'm used to. So for anyone starting out on something like this, it would require a great deal of patience, but literally that little simple exercise I just mentioned is the one I recommend to, you know, all the players I work with that just hold your attention on the feeling of yourself breathing, whether it's in your nose, your chest, your throat, and hold your attention in that location in your body for extended periods of time. Um, and, and when it drifts, just bring it back and do that for 10 minutes a day. Um, I can, I can, promise that anyone who consistently practices that uh, will find that their ability to stay engaged in what they're doing um, with their attention uh, will extend and it will deepen. So your, your ability to engage in what you want to do to perform uh, at the level you want is going to improve. And you've been a performance coach for uh, 20 years, plus 20 years. How have you found uh, technology uh, to be different from 20 years ago to today? Or do you use any technology with uh, what you're doing to help uh, golfers? Yeah, I use, I use uh, a couple of things. There's so much out there now. Um, a couple of the main things that I, I use, one is, uh, something that measures heart rate variability. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to, um, say brand names, but I use on, on your podcast. Am I allowed to do that? I don't know if you guys promote oh, yeah. certain things. Yeah, no, okay, absolutely. So, go ahead. So to, to measure heart rate variability directly, which, which indicates certain activities in the, in the, the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. I know that's all technical, but it's basically the fight or flight reaction where people scared nerves, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's uh, 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 something called heart math. Um, and they have these products called M waves, E M W A V E that measure your heart rate variability and give you, you know, feedback on what's happening with that part of your system. That um, there's also certain activities, which, which they, they subscribe to, um, to get your, heart rate variability under control, which is therefore getting your nervous system under control. Uh, there's another product I like a lot that is, is it's a very simplistic, but, but very accurate uh, EEG, which measures brainwave activity. In other words, measuring the amount of thought activity that's going on um, that really supports meditation quite nicely. It's called Muse, M-U-S-C. It's actually a Canadian company. They're based oh, in Toronto. Cool. <laughs> and uh, it's just a simple headband that you put on. And there's an app you put on your phone and it, it connects to uh, Bluetooth and, and it gives you some really meaningful um, exercises that gives you feedback about how much mental activity is going on. And part of the problem with people who meditate um, is that 
they don't even know that there's mental activity going on. So this helps reveal you know, subconscious stuff. It helps reveal that there's thought patterns occurring that you're not aware of, and it can help raise your awareness of, oh yeah, I'm, I'm thinking again versus just you know, experiencing the feeling of my breath. And what's the most important piece of advice you can give to the listeners as it uh, pertains to mental performance? Well, I mean, attention control is a big one. If you can't control your attention, then you're, then you're going to basically drift your awareness into things that you don't control. Um, as I define it, anxiety, frustration, and uh, pressure come from setting goals we don't control. So if I were with a golfer and I had a, a big stick in my hand and I said that if you hit a bad shot here, then I'm going to hit you really hard with this stick. Obviously, they're not going to feel great. They're, they're going to be scared because they don't control where the golf ball goes. Or if, if I, you know, if, if I was with someone speaking to a group of people and I said, make sure everybody loves your speech. Well, you don't you don't have any control over that. Um, but if I held a stick and said, prepare to the best of your ability with a sh to, for this shot or I'll hit you with it. Well, the golfer can have a, a lot of confidence that he's not going to get hit because he has complete control over the preparation steps. And the same with the speaker, just like, look, have you prepared properly? Did you rehearse as much as you can? Did you understand your audience? All those things that a, a good speaker would needs to do. It's like, okay, you've done the best you can get up there and, and do your job. And whatever happens isn't really uh, any of your business. It's great feedback, but that's not something you completely control. So let that go and just do your job and speak well, see what happens. Yeah, no, that's all been great advice that you've given us today. And I just wanted to say thank you very much for being on the podcast. We do appreciate it. And if people wanted to reach out to you on social media or email, how could they get in contact with you? Uh, I have a website, Paul Dooland, P-A-U-L-D-E-W-L-A-N-D.com. And just go into the contact section and you can send a, a form through and uh, that's where they can find me. Perfect. Well, Paul, thank you very much for being on the Fitness for All podcast, and it is uh, supported by Liebert Fitness, and uh, we hope to have you on the podcast, uh, you know, again. Yeah, thanks, Ken.